Hi, Alyssa. Hi, Clark. <laughs> Welcome to Wordstruck, where we take a fresh look at great books. This season, we're reading Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and this episode, we're reading chapters 9 and 10. Tell us a little bit about the chapters, Alyssa. Yeah, so uh, chapter 9 is titled The Midnight Duel. And uh, in this chapter, we see Harry rescue Neville's Remembrall, and uh, in that, ends up making the Quidditch team. And then Malfoy challenges Harry to a duel, and doesn't show, instead narking on him to Filch. And Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and Neville run and end up on the third floor corridor where a massive three-headed dog awaits. Alyssa, this chapter covered so, so much. And you summed it up very well, but like, man, I was reading through it and I'm like, this is going to be really tricky to talk about in half an hour, but we will do our best. Yeah. <laughs> so like you said, uh, the chapter starts off um, with Harry and the crew getting ready to go to um, their first Quidditch class and they're talking about it. Um, and they're also in the Great Hall at breakfast. And like you said, Neville gets a remember all, which sounds like a prescription drug. <laughs> <laughs> It totally does. I have never thought about it that way. Well, I was, I was, uh, when he got that and he was explaining it, I was like, what, what is the real benefit of this? Other than like, it's like tying a red bow around your finger. Like I've forgotten something, but who knows what? (laughs) Like, yeah, it seems like the exact sort of thing that a grandma would get thinking that it's helpful because back in her day, those type of things were helpful. And now it's like, you know, that seems old fashioned. Like, who do you know that ties a ribbon? Well, Maybe your grandma did when she was our age, you know, back before smartphone reminders and stuff. It, it seems like the cute little kitschy thing that a grandma would get you thinking it would be helpful. Maybe, maybe it's even like, like she got them like in bulk for the whole family because grandma's <laughs> like, oh my gosh, no one can remember anything. Like grandma's got you outfitted. Like <laughs> Exactly. It's a cute little thing that she got for him. And uh, my first thought was like, okay, how is this going to be used exposition wise? And we don't see that in the chapter. I I mean, it's used, obviously, as something that Malfoy tries to take away. And you see it first at the banquet table and then later on when they're on the brooms. But I I hope maybe that's all we will see of the remember all. And if that's the case, you know, so be it. How how are you afraid it might be used later? I guess I'm I'm not sure. I think it probably did just serve its purpose. Like, maybe this is probably all we will see if they remember all. But, like, you were worried he would, like, be, like, using it and be like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this thing that's up in the upper tower and, like, all these people are in charge of it and, like, you get, like, weird exposition from that or yeah, something? Yeah. Okay. You'd be like, oh, crap, I forgot. The Philosopher's Stone is in the basement. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Dang it. Like, ah. How do you forget that? Well, you're Neville. Like, <laughs> Very helpful, Grandma. So I think they probably introduced it, and this was kind of a one-off, which feeds into a trend that I've noticed, and we'll talk about this with the next chapter too, but I feel like uh, these chapters kind of stand as their own stories. Uh, More on that later. uh, Very episodic. Very episodic. Especially chapter 10. Especially chapter 10. (laughs) But one thing that's cute, uh, this chapter is really good for character development, um, but it also is really good at playing off of old tropes. I feel like we are starting to know the characters well enough that we can really have a good laugh at them. And whether that's at Neville's clumsiness or Hermione's know-it-allness. Um, like, for example, when, when Hermione is reading up on Quidditch 
and she's reading this book of like Quidditch through the ages that this will somehow <laughs> help her. It's hilarious. It's like reading basketball history and hoping that it'll help you. It's just so like anyone who knows anything about sports would know that that's not going to do anything. That's although I would say that 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 is a very uh, young boy attitude to have. That like having any kind of back knowledge is useless like yeah it's not gonna help her much but like it's gonna be better than her going in totally blind and so but they call it Hermione's stupid flying tips I'm like oh like I mean yeah but like yeah, yeah you're such you're such an 11 year old boy about it <laughs> I totally sat on their side though <laughs> <laughs> It's like she would have she would have been far better off going out on her own time and just practicing with a room by herself. That would have helped her so much more. I bet they can't do that though. I mean, she's she's muggle born. First years aren't allowed their own brooms. This is the second week of class. Like That's fair. Like That's fair. there's there's no time to like get your own your your own practice time. I don't know. I I very you much I sympathize with Hermione's stupid flying tips. I, and I probably would have been right there next to Neville, like, hanging on her every word. I haven't done the work. No. But she's, like, telling me some facts, which clearly didn't help him. But, like... That sounds, uh, that sounds awful Ravenclaw of you. Yeah. Well... Where's, where's that Gryffindor? I thought I was. <laughs> Firm <laughs> believer. Still. <laughs> I can't wait to share that with the rest of the world. You, They know now. Oh, they know now. But <laughs> when we're recording it, they don't. And I've been keeping it from all my people. It's a burden. <laughs> the internet will, like, tremor. It's, oh. Oh. My relationships may be shaken. Anyway. <laughs> um. Anyway, so then they, they go off to class uh, with our favorite coach. Madam Hooch. Madam Hooch. And and I remembered looking this up a long time ago because okay so so I grew up uh, next to the this family that had a dog named Hooch and I just remember my mom like hating this dog and the name that they gave this dog and I was way too young to put together like what that means. Why would she hate that? I don't know, it was an obnoxious dog, but um, <laughs> anyway, right, non sequitur. Right. But um, I didn't really understand why the name was so offensive because I was too young. And then I grew up and learned that hooch is, you know, American slang for like really terrible alcohol. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered Madam Hooch and I was like, what? No, no way. No way did J.K. Rowling name this woman after really terrible alcohol. And so I looked it up and uh, not not an alcohol reference but it's actually a reference to a german word that's very similar that's h o c h i don't speak german hoch or hoch i don't know um but uh, it means high as in altitude um although uh, i th- there's still a little bit of a reference that like you you could twist that we into that Oh, oh man. So I mean, it's it's still not great, but uh, the the German word means high, as in like altitude, height. So that's a little bit better. A little better than than yes. being high or <laughs> than being a bootlegger. Yeah. Hooch. Yeah. <laughs> hooch could also be interpreted like sexually, but I, I think I'm just. I, di- I didn't see that anywhere when I was looking around, and I've never heard it that way, but I could, my, I, it was just a quick little run through the Googler, so. 
anyway, <laughs> at this first class, we get to see a great glimpse at how people responded to pressure. And it turns out um, Hermione, it, yeah, she's equipped for every class except this one. And it's kind of sad because her broom just kind of rolls around. <laughs> Which is better than nothing. It's better than Neville. Um, and right away, we see Neville freak out. And then this accident occurs where Neville is launched into the air. And it says... At 20 feet is 20 when they, feet. Like, left off. We, we think he fell from 20 feet and comes crashing into the ground, like, face first. And the, the broom keeps flying off. Like, it's like, dude, you gave me the wrong student. And, like, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ship here. Like, later. <laughs> like, Which does make me think a little bit of the sentience of the brooms and, and what makes one broom different from another, especially, like, what separates a nimbus from a house broom. And it specifically says that, like, some of the house brooms kind of veer left or some of them, like... And it's like, how is that... You have magic. You have magic. Fix it. So that... You know what that reminded me of, though? When you're, like, grocery shopping and you've got the cart with, like, the one wheel that just won't... Mm-hmm. And it, like, veers left. I was like, that's what this is. Like, you you could, like, like bring, like get the really high end, like, find the best cart. Oh, yeah. But, like, it's still, like, public access, really terrible carts. And they're super sketchy. And one of those wheels, like, spins while you're going <laughs> the whole yeah. time. And... It, it is funny. And it's like... <laughs> I would have been disappointed if they were all just perfect. Like, mm-hmm. It was a nice little bit of character, and I'm glad mm-hmm. they included it. And it gives us a, a progress point, a place to start. But in terms of magic, so we don't learn about the Leviosa spell until the next chapter. Mm-hmm. But it still exists in the Harry Potter world, and the, you'd think the coach would know about it. So why does a coach watching this kid zip up into the air and fall from 20 feet never at any point in like the couple seconds it takes for him to fall in the couple seconds maybe utter some sort of like feather fall spell do <laughs> something to stop this kid from falling like in my mind this coach that is terrible you are you are a prestigious teacher at the most prestigious prestigious wizard school with an incredibly talented quidditch team and you can't even stop a kid from falling 20 so feet. that and that's not like she's just a terrible teacher all around because then she abandons 20 Jeez, kids and takes the one and she's just like none of you move or you're ever gonna like be in this school again like you're gonna be expelled but like no you figure out who the most trusted student is and you send them off to the hospital wing yeah. like i was just like this is the, so many so many poor judgments here like or call for somebody to come grab him there's yeah have, like have magic <laughs> Like, I understand, like, I mean, maybe she, like, assessed the situation and she was like, man, this kid doesn't have any allies. And so if I try to put anyone, like, but no, you look at, like, Hermione and, like, the person whose broom is rolling around, but, like, probably is clearly concerned and be like, okay, you take him to the hospital wing. You you seem like one of those uptight children who can make this happen. Hermione would have been the perfect choice. Yeah. Absolutely. But, I mean, yeah, she, she only just met these students, so maybe that's a factor, but, like... That can't be the first time a kid fell off a broom and broke his arm in class. And like, yeah. And like, it can't be. Maybe even have like a backup, like assistant coach or something on the first day, just in case something like that happens. Yeah, it's it's just yeah, all all sorts of uh, stuff awry there in the planning execution. and execution. Yeah, it's, it's just all just to get him alone with the brooms. Yeah. that's that's why. It was yeah, that was it was just a little too convenient. I I agree with you there. Um. 
So in in which uh, which then we go on to Malfoy sna- snatching up Neville's remember all and like taunting everyone with it and like I'm gonna go put it in a tree. No, no, no. Gets on his broom, flies up, and Harry chases after him and proves he's a natural with the broom. Which how did you feel about that? <laughs> like, Harry Potter the natural. It's I'm annoyed honestly. Like it, it's fine because I've watched Harry Potter get. Um, kind of crapped on this whole time so Mm -hmm. it's really nice to see him be good at something especially because he didn't excel at all of his other classes it seemed like yeah he was doing okay but for the most part so this is another victory for harry and i feel like the author probably thought it was time for that and that it's like okay here's something that he's naturally good at however it really doesn't um kind of comes out of nowhere where it's like where anywhere in the book has it hinted at him having some kind of athletic ability nowhere it's like compared to dudley i guess he's pretty athletic and yeah he could outrun dudley yeah he could outjump that yeah he could up on the roof of a school he was a runner kind of kind of in the way that like the flash is like it predisposed to be like fast where he like had to run from bullies all the time but i just i don't really know how athleticism even really has any bearing on your ability to fly a broom like, it it seems more like 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 there was the line that he he just like seemed to just know what he was supposed to do and like shot forward and I was just like I don't I don't buy it like yeah. I just really don't it was and it would be one thing too if he was naturally good at and he got up to Malfoy's level and he was able to maybe chase him down something like relatively simple but not only could he get up to Malfoy's level fast enough and and accurately enough to freak Malfoy out. That would have been impressive enough. Even if he had just gotten to that level where Malfoy, you know, was like, oh, well, never mind then. I, that I would accept. That'd be great. But then to do a 50-foot dive and then stop a foot off the ground and stop so fast and so accurately that he could just, like, conveniently roll off of his broom to, like, keep the momentum going so he didn't break everything with the remember all, that's what I don't buy. So I buy about half of it, and I'm happy for Harry. I'm great until that point, and then he did a 50-foot dive, and I'm just like, come on. Like, come on. And I, and I get why they did it. How else can you show that he's naturally gifted at this? But I still was a bit disappointed. It just felt a little bit too convenient. And that's I guess that's the theme of this chapter, is mm-hmm. it's just things are a little too convenient. Mm-hmm. And we'll see that throughout. Um, like, even to where it's like, yeah, Harry does something that was pretty much expellable, but he happened to get caught and seen doing it by McGonagall, who just happened to have a horse in the race. Yeah, which, man, I just I, I just remember um, a couple of chapters earlier where where they were talking about, well, McGonagall was, was, seemed really pretty strict, but pretty fair. And, and I was just like, this was interesting to me. I didn't really, this, this detail of the story has never bothered me until now and and the um the reality that this is where she bends the rules Mm -hmm. is for quidditch and and i thought it was hilarious when she when we came across this like i don't remember if she was talking to oliver wood or if she was talking to harry i think she was talking to oliver wood and she's talking shop and she switched into this completely different mode, and we saw this other side of McGonagall. And she's and like, I couldn't even look prof- Professor Snape in the eye. And like, and, and I just love the picture of the two of them, like, at, like almost playfully having this house rivalry. And like, it's a very different, uh, like, I imagine it as a much more peaceful rivalry than it probably is. But, um, 
Like, like, and by peaceful, I mean, like, in good fun. Yeah. Um, and, and Snape kind of playing along. But maybe that's wrong. Maybe they're, like, really at each other's throats. But either way, like, I love that that's the thing. That, that McGonagall's like, no, no. Like, I'm not going to lose again. We're going to bend the rules for this. Like, I need me some good seeker. <laughs> like... <laughs> And it's the two most serious teachers in the school. Oh, yeah. If it was Dumbledore saying this, you'd be like, okay, yeah, Dumbledore <sighs> has a hard time taking anything seriously. Or Professor Flitwick could just be like, yeah, that's everyone's happy. Right, right, yeah. right. You know, <laughs> it's her and Snape. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. And, and that's where I, I feel like we haven't been super kind to this chapter. But this is where I'm like, okay, I'm totally on board with this mm-hmm. because it's hilarious. And the, and the idea that... Maybe there's, there's this whole other world of the teachers and the teacher's lounge kind of arguing with each other. It adds a whole other element to the school, and I I love it. Well, and I, they're just, like, the two che- the two teachers that I would not expect to be invested at all in Quidditch. Like, maybe well, in either. academics, because they're both clearly really intelligent academic uh, entities at the school. But to see them that invested in also, like, it, it's like having... Uh, like like your your top English teacher or whatever in high school be also really vehemently f- like opposed to your your rival across town and like what like where like you read Beowulf like why where how do you also have this interest I don't yeah. know it's two teachers at the the top of their craft at a prestigious school mm-hmm. where they talk exclusively about these very prestigious things and yet they care about just nonsense it. But the rule bending doesn't stop there. Not only does McGonagall not expel him, but then she gets him hooked up with a with a Nimbus two thousand. Mm-hmm. Which again, it's like, oh, well, that's convenient. <laughs> it's yeah. It's just, it's all, and that. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'll I'll save that for the next chapter. Um, yeah, how do you feel about not only does Harry not get expelled, but he gets a Nimbus two thousand? He's going to be the first first year seeker. Using a broom that he's not supposed to use, doing a position that no one's ever done before. Like, where, where does this sit with you? Because I, I kind of want to give it a shot where I'm like, yeah, underdogs. We're really rooting for this guy, right? But it's it's really it's really frustrating for me. Uh, uh, but I do think it's really interesting because if you look at it's McGonagall who's bending the rules. And back in the first chapter, when McGonagall was protesting, like, you can't leave Harry with these people. He'll be celebrated. He'll be like, he'll be revered. And so famous and like you can't take him away from that and and then she like she bends when Dumbledore's like yeah that'll ruin him we need to remove him from that and protect him from that and she's like okay I guess you're right so maybe we're starting to see blips of what that actually looks like maybe what and and that maybe McGonagall would have been part of the problem and if it hadn't been Dumbledore advocating for protecting Harry from that exposure like even McGonagall would have been a part of the problem. Clearly, I <laughs> like thought about that. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I, I, because I remember her like backing down felt really disingenuous in that first chapter, and and now I'm like, uh, it, it pays off. We see it now. It's and it's not necessarily that he's Harry Potter, but it's that he clearly has gifts, and this society clearly would uh would run with those and. So it, it, it definitely would have shaped his life differently because he would have been surrounded by this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's a good insight. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Uh, so after we see McGonagall have this little talk, get him set up with a broom, tell him, like, oh, it's on the way, uh, Harry Potter goes back, and he's supposed to be quiet about all of this. But, of course, he blabs her on, and Ron's like, holy cow, like, what do you want? 
And then uh, as they're going on, they're interrupted by, um, wow, Draco Malfoy. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and his little gang. And Draco is obviously, he's a, he's a little um, little chapped about the earlier incident. And he's ready to throw down with Harry Potter for a wizard's duel. And it's hilarious because uh, Harry Potter kind of stands up to him again. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're so strong. Like, now you're on the ground. You're not nearly as tough or whatever. And he just, like, says all this stuff. And Draco's like, oh, fine. I'm challenging you to a wizard duel. And Harry Potter's like, great, awesome. Let's do it. And I know exactly what it is. No, isn't it? Um, it's Ron who it's steps Ron. in. He's like, yeah, all right, it's on. Who's your second? Like, well, you're right, yeah. And, and Harry's like, I don't even know what's going on. Yeah, Harry <laughs> like, there the whole time. And then after he's like, I was fine. And then he started throwing out words that I didn't know. <laughs> and so, like. And then he turns around after he's like, all right, what? What's a wizard to do exactly? What's a second? What is this? Oh. And I love, like, Ron's just like, oh, you know, that's, you know, I, I just fight for you if you die. <laughs> and he was joking, but it's still like. And he was serious, but he was like, you're not going to kill each other. Like, you don't know enough. Yeah, he's like, this is what a second is, but we're also small potatoes. But, but, and the, I just imagine the way Ron's talking about that, though, like, total 11 year old kid who knows everything about the world and just like oh yeah totally like we're totally cool and like we're we're in a, we're in a duel and we're hot stuff over here he's trying and... to be his older brothers where he's like yeah look we're just gonna get into whatever and we'll get away out of it of course yeah oh we'll, to- we'll be totally fine yeah. we're cool <laughs> and I stakes guess, are not very high at all <laughs> i guess it convinces harry i mean i guess he it works though because Harry mm-hmm. Potter does it <laughs> and he's like oh it'll be fine and Harry's like oh, okay well it's another adventure and yeah, they're they're clearly like he's already broken one rule but I remember the the line says like he's already broken one rule that day yeah. and and he's um like a little nervous but he's like no 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 it's it's worth it like I can't like he just wants to crush Malfoy <laughs> and we start to see the side of Harry Potter in this chapter where he is um, vengeful yeah vengeful <laughs> He really holds a grudge. Yeah. And I guess it's mentioned right away in the chapter where it's like, Harry Potter doesn't like Draco Malfoy. It's like, I think it pretty he, much says it. He, he had never met a person, or he'd never hated anyone more than he hated Draco Malfoy. And yeah. that was even more than Dudley. And and when yeah, I went... The first sentence of the chapter, so... And that line, I was like, like, it, that felt very young it felt like a very young kid's observation like you've known this kid for a week and a half right. and and you have found like the person you hate most in your entire life that's yeah that's it's a very strong conclusion to jump to after such a small amount. yeah and i mean granted there's there's nothing that malfoy does to endear him to harry but like it, it's it's a blind prejudice on both sides it's really interesting um yeah. but it's it's a very young very uninformed opinion i think so draco challenges him to this duel ron is like totally like yeah we're doing it and then uh at what point do we see hermione emerge in this it's hilarious because hermione overhears this whole thing and she tries to stop them right off the bat and she becomes this like nagging force throughout the whole thing um, yeah, like right after, like Harry's Harry's sitting there going, like, what do I do if I can't do any magic because I don't know any magic yet? And Ron's like, ah, eh, just throw the runaway and deck him. Yeah, and, and that's when Hermione's like, um, like hold up, like all, all of this sounds terrible, and and then they're terrible to her. They're like, whatever. Oh, like they're so mean to her. They're so terrible. Yeah, it's, like, it's none of your business. And I was like, goodbye, which is a uh, their version of bye, Felicia. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was the thing back then. That's exactly what he would have said. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so then they get up that that night, right? That's the next thing that we go to, mm-hmm. and um, so they're like getting ready to sneak out of Gryffindor Tower. And it's midnight, and they they sneak down, and then, like, Hermione's lurking in the shadows waiting for them. I like, it. I knew it. And then she, like, chases them out and, and follows them and ends up getting locked out of Gryffindor Tower. Just... And they stumble upon Neville, and it's like, gosh, could you have, like, a, a more uh, uh, disoriented entourage <laughs> to this right. duel? Everybody's clumsy. One person doesn't want to be there. The next person's just, like racked in terror because they've been harassed by the Slytherin ghost and I just love the vision of of Hermione lurking in the shadows like slowly turning around in this giant chair (laughs) holding a cigar and like a snicker of brandy (laughs) I'm just like what a boss move like I can't believe you're going to do this Harry (laughs) she's wearing a pink bathrobe too which is great I'm just like oh that's so funny because she's like trying to be all serious about this and the whole time she's wearing just a just a bright pink bathrobe. Yeah. I really hope they I really hope they get that in the movie somehow. Even if it's just like a little homage where she's wearing like a pink scarf or something. I just want there to be a, like a little bit of ridiculousness. Oh, she I mean she is she she could be in a pink bathrobe, why not? Mm-hmm. Like who knows? Why not? I mean it's, it's late at night. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I thought that was interesting how she's like chasing them down and and I was trying to figure out what her motivation is to chase them down. And and I I was I just I'm not sure I buy her crazy competitive side where she's just always focused on house points. No, like, I think she wants to see some action. I think she wants to see it, especially once her, once she has to make a decision where it's like, okay, she could either stay and get caught or, I mean, she's committed this much and, like, now it's... I think it feeds, one, her interest in seeing it happen and, two, her interest in not being left behind. But I think it all kind of wraps into where she's like, well... I think she wants to go. She's like, well, okay, well, I'm going with you. I'm going to see where this goes because my other options have been removed and I'm not just going to stay here. I don't, I mean, but, but what causes her to like stay up and prevent them? I mean, before she gets locked out of Gryffindor Tower, all of that. And I mean, she keeps leaning on like, you'll lose all the points that I already got for the house. And like, I don't know, like I, 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 we haven't seen enough evidence of like her interested in their friendship necessarily. I think it is more a concern for their safety. Yeah. I really, I think, and I think she's kind of taken to to liking them a little bit. I mean, obviously, she's just kind of like hovering over them, kind of find like always finding a way to get into the conversation. And so, I think this is just one more way to show that she, well, she is concerned. I don't think she's meaning to show her cards quite as much, but I think it's because she cares and because like a magic duel actually kind of is serious business, especially when she's seen them flub up all their spells. She's like, man, like, if they flub up the wrong kind of spell, like, maybe someone could get her. Well, and she's probably sitting there thinking, like, Malfoy is someone who probably had private tutoring, and yeah. he probably does know something. That was my thought when I got to Ron's, yeah. Ron's con about, like, you guys don't know anything. It's like, yeah, you don't know anything, and Harry doesn't know anything, but, like, Malfoy's probably, like, actually a fifth year or something yeah, like yeah. that in, re- in real life. Like, he has probably had private tutors since he could walk this whole thing spells out trapped yeah oh like meet me at this place we're not supposed to be at this time it's just gonna be us and like it's just all the balls are in draco malfoy's court Mm -hmm. whereas he got to set up everything for this so i could see why she would be concerned she should be concerned they should be more concerned honestly 
Like, they should have really thought it out. Maybe got one more person, like, yeah, I don't know, scouted out something. I won't lie. I completely forgot that this was a trap, and I still didn't see that it was a trap. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I guess it makes more sense, you know, looking back as a trap. It's, I mean, but totally. Like, when, when you're bargaining for, like, like, where's the rumble going to be? Like, someone picks, like, someone challenges you to the rumble, rumble then the other person picks where it is then the other person picks yeah, yeah. the weapon you know like you, you, you sort of compromise because if you don't clearly one side could be stacked and that's how i ended up in the gryffindor hall in the first place yeah Which i forget if the gryffindor hall was their call or the the, tro- the trophy room trophy um room. oh yeah it was. that's where they were okay yeah um and that was that was malfoy he was like let's do it in the trophy room it's always unlocked yeah and which, how do you know that, first of all? <laughs> he's been doing some sneaking. Huh. Um, and, like, what what trophies have you been, like, staring at and thinking, hmm, that could be mine someday or something? So, anyway, so they, they end up, uh, all of them, all four of them, going to the trophy room. And they hang around, and they're just kind of looking and waiting. And then they hear Filch and Mrs. Norris... <laughs> Which apparently are separate things. I don't know. We still haven't seen it. Still haven't seen it. He's talking to Mrs. Norris. He's I don't think. I don't think we see them at the same time. No, not we see him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he's just talking to himself? Like <laughs> I'm saying anything's possible in the podcast. <laughs> I'm just keeping my Potter imagination just as powerful I, as I can. I just love the notion of Filch having an alter ego. That's a woman <laughs> named Mrs. Norris, it's and a she's a cat. cat. <laughs> Oh, I mean, he can. I, I fully believe that he does transfigure into her, but when when he's not transfigured, he just talks that he's talking to himself. Is, <laughs> oh man, that's, oh, that's an image, and it's a little terrifying. There are. It's true. It's true. Oh, so real quick, sorry, real quick. Uh, Neville, his wrist was fixed, right? Yes. Yeah, just fixed. Magic. Yeah. Just boom. Yep. It. Like, nothing. Which is yet another reason why I'm like, Madam Hooch, why didn't you just send him with a trusted student? Or why if you... not do it yourself? Uh... Seriously. Seriously. You know, your, your gym teachers have basic first aid skills and stuff. Yeah, why doesn't she have the training? I think that's fair. But maybe... I I, mm. Mm. I mean, I, I would bet mending a bone is more complicated than... Yeah. But a feather fall, a leviosa spell, easy as pie. She should have stopped him. I'm not sure uh, the, the levitation... Mm-hmm. spell works on sentient beings whoa spoiler alert so they get there and and filch uh they, they realize that it's a trap when they hear filch and he's like muttering to himself about like i knew they'd be here they're to here himself. somewhere yep. muttering to mrs norris whatever uh-huh. Uh-huh. um <laughs> <laughs> go on <laughs> and <laughs> and so then they hide, and then of course Neville trips, and of course he takes Ron down with him, oh, and course. then and a suit of armor like a Bugs Bunny episode, like a Tom and Jerry episode, mm-hmm. a, an empty suit of armor. Like how Scooby Doo can you get with this whole thing? And and then Harry, with the, all of the subtlety of a two legged elephant, yells, "Run!" <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't you just run? I think everybody knows that that's like that's your cue, obviously, mm-hmm. and maybe you they won't know which way, direction you went if you hadn't yelled. <laughs> but so they run and they run and they run, and they run into Peeves, right? Yeah. 
And Peeves. Yeah, they reminded us that Peeves existed earlier on when uh, McGonagall went to talk to Woods. Wood. Yeah, Wood. My fault. But uh, before they went, when they went to the classroom, Peeves was there writing dirty things on the board. It's like, whoa, this poltergeist, he's serious business. He's pulling a Bart Simpson on us. <laughs> oh, man. Peeves, what a useless character, Alyssa. He's... Yeah, he. I, I, I sort of miss him. He's such a frustrating character. Yeah. Um, he exists to add additional complications to any given scenario. Yeah, he basically exists to create problems whenever uh, Harry is sneaking out. Mm-hmm. I, is that that's kind of the only. And I guess they function need something like that. They needed something that can go through walls, that can be a little bit everywhere at all times. Like, but they can also mess with things. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, the poltergeist thing is really interesting to me. Like, like he can move things, but none of the other ghosts can. They all go through everything. I wonder and... why that is. Yeah, I don't know, and it's 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 very strange, and his his role is never really explored too closely, which makes me sad because I think that would be a very interesting like bunny trail that I would I would very much go down. Yeah, and why do they let him get away with all these things? Why is he? How much control do they have over him? I mean, the bloody Baron keeps him in line, yeah, but yeah. like, why is he allowed to stay there, or does yeah. he have to stay there? Is he bound there? I don't know. Ghosts are weird. Anyway, like I said, you... I would totally read about ghosts all day long they're fascinating <laughs> i wonder do they talk about it in um fascinating beasts and where to find them fantastic beasts Ooh. and where to find them um i don't know I, that might be that might be an opportunity anyway, anyway. um <laughs> so they run into him into Peeves, and uh he uh, he bends his loyalty because one minute he's like hollering at filch like students out of bed ah and then they run <laughs> and then filch comes up and he's like Where'd they go? And then he's like, won't say nothing if you shan't. Won't say please. Yeah. And the and he's like, okay, fine, please. He's like, ha ha, nothing. And then runs away. And it's like, what? Like, yeah, right. you align with no one. You, 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 your job is to like perpetuate chaos, which, you know, fits your character. But though, I, I don't think that is switching loyalty because he knows that they just went into a door with a giant three-headed dog. And, like, mm. he rats him out on that where he's, if he tells them They'll him, get saved from the three-headed dog. They'll get saved from the three-headed dog. Ah. Which is, is by far the better option for them to just be stuck in there, knowing that Filch is outside the door. Like, as soon as he knows that he's going to get a way better show this way. So, in my mind, he, he is being the chaotic neutral that he always is, where he's just opting for whatever's more entertaining. I have never thought of it that way. Oh, that yeah. is totally... Yeah, I... I I, uh, for some reason, just assumed that Peeves, like, decided he was going to protect them or something. No, no, it's just he knew Filch wouldn't look in that door because he knew it was, like, locked and all that. Mm -hmm. The only way that door was opening is if they were bursting out. He just, yeah, he was just waiting for a show. Man. (laughs) Speaking of, so they go behind a door, and they're all hanging out behind the door, which, like, Hermione unlocks with... Uh, and and aloha yeah, unlock with the aloha there's an aloha thing which is like hello welcome come in like, <laughs> I, I love the name of the spell on that where it's aloha uh, aloha mora aloha mora which is kind of hello welcome <laughs> i have yeah i've never pieced that together i wonder if that's the root that she used so lockpicking spell which why does she know that that's an interesting thing she's been reading her books i guess i guess it she's... seems a little bit on the thievey side of things but i like it 
Yeah, I mean, she's she's a, she's a girl who likes to be prepared, and I bet she's, like, constantly afraid. I bet some of those doors that we talk about in the very first chapter at Hogwarts that, like, decide to be locked oh, and decide to pretend to be doors, yeah. she probably encountered one and went, I can't deal with this. I need a way <laughs> to get around this place and be on time for my classes. Oh, and she went and found it. That's probably what happened. Because we talked about how, for someone like her, that would be so frustrating. So that makes total sense that she would learn all that stuff. Yeah, well done. Well done. Pieced it together. Wow. We're, we're, we're connecting your, da- your dots, Joanne. <laughs> we see what you're doing here, Rowling. We, we see what you're doing. So so they're behind the store, and then they suddenly... Is it Neville, who's just, like, like silently pointing in fear at it's the dog? A cinematic moment. Oh, yeah. This whole thing just screams scene in a movie. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, very cinematic. Yeah, he points up, and they look. And, and the dog, this this giant thing... Um, does, it, does it give it a name? Does no. No. Mm. No, it's a dog. You don't know what the name is. Okay, it's a, it's a giant three-headed dog, giant I think is what it is. Dog. That's the size of the corridor. As <laughs> tall. <laughs> it's just looking at them like, what? <laughs> like, it's eyes are adjusting. It's just frozen solid. Three <laughs> drooling mouths, saliva <laughs> hanging in slippery ropes from ooh. yellowish fangs. Like, ooh, ooh. It's like, it's totally gross it the way gross. it's described. Um... <laughs> And but it's like yeah a little a little dull and so like it takes it a second to to really like gear up on the growling and the like threatening nature, and then they they I love the line of like Harry uh, like he opened the door he'd take Filch any day over that yeah if he definitely <laughs> Filch he'd take Filch I did like that line I have it underlined yeah like, that's perfect <laughs> and then it says they ran they ran and it says Filch must have run off to look for something else though it is curious that the thunderous growls of this dog um weren't heard i wonder if the door had like a sound spell on it or something i was thinking that because this is the corridor that we talked about earlier right yeah this this is is the third floor corridor Mm -hmm. and we go to find out after um they run away and they get away just fine and i have it underlined here just because i think this might i can't tell if it's rolling being clever or if it's just unintentional but when they get back to the fat lady Harry Potter says, never mind that. Pig snout. Pig snout. <laughs> and he says pig na- snout twice to the fat lady, which kind of makes me think that he's calling her pig snout the second time. <laughs> he says the password once, and he's like, never mind that. Pig snout. Pig snout. You know? And I'm just like, That's ah, terrible. Is that what they meant? Or is it was like, pig snout, pig snout, like, get me out of here. I think it's the second. I always read it as the second one, but... Um, I thought maybe he was just being a little bit coy. Little sass. Little That's... sass, where he's like, where were you? <laughs> Where were you when we needed to get out of here? Like, Great. If only we'd just been able to shove Neville and Hermione back into Gryffindor mm-hmm. Common Room, this none of these thing. things would have happened. So thanks a lot, thanks now. And I also like that Ron specifically mentions, he's like, if any dog needs exercise and to not be locked in a corridor, <laughs> it's that dog. And I'm like, yep, yep. It's like you need a like an entire country to roam yeah. as your backyard <laughs> giant creature. Maybe a giant mystical forest. Yeah. Know. Yeah, perhaps one that's forbidden. <laughs> so we meet this dog. We find out that it's the hidden corridor. Mm-hmm. And then it's the trap door that's underneath it that Hermione mentions. So I feel like you're, you're going to lead up to a question you're going to ask me. Yeah, so uh, Hermione notices that this uh, dog is on the trap door. So um, we talked in the previous episode. Uh, I asked, what, what do you think is in the third floor corridor? And you said, hopefully something not the Philosopher's Stone. Yes. Well, 
So what we know that is in the corridor is a dog in the trap door. Mm-hmm. What do you think is through the trap door? I wasn't expecting it to be under the dog. I was expecting it to be on the other side of the dog. Not, mm-hmm. that, that, not that that matters. Though I did kind of hope that the stone was under something. That would make sense. Wouldn't you wouldn't you want the second floor corridor to also be off? If if like the trap door under it? <laughs> like Right, right. <laughs> I mean maybe there's just no door on the second floor, but why would you have it so the only way out is through a staircase where there's a dog ab- Oh. Actually that would make it more secure. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. But in my mind it still has to be something of relatively little consequence. I mean I think it's it's going to be something. I don't know. I think a spell book. That's a spell book. That's my idea. A spell book that has some kind of spell that maybe was too powerful, or maybe it's something that like it's maybe something that Voldemort used, or some little thing that yeah, a spell book. I guess I don't I don't really need to explain it more than that because the dog. Yes, it's fearsome. Yes, it's big, but like. Voldemort could beat a dog. You kidding me? Like if someone was coming back and wanted whatever's under that trapdoor, and if it was like a top tier wizard, the dog's not gonna stop him. So if they, if the only thing between the philosopher's stone and uh, whoever wants it, if the only thing stopping them is a dog, it, then then I'm just gonna be really annoyed. I'm gonna be really annoyed. So I'm hoping that it's just some like some rare item, but not a legendary item. You know. Something that people really shouldn't get their hands on. Maybe even like a history. Maybe even like a list of all the people. You know, like a list of people. Maybe that Voldemort affected or something like that. Something that they'd want to keep secret just in case, you know, there was some kind of fallout. So, something written on a page. Hopefully, hopefully with additional protections besides just a dog. So, we will see what it is. Someone's going to get past it. Someone's going to see it. Someone's going to get to it. Um... Though it'll probably have to be an inside job. Uh, just saying. <laughs> like, how else would you know that there's a dog there and have all your spells ready and stuff like that? Like, you'd have to pretty much know what you wanted to get to it, and it's that level of difficulty to get to. Um, but it's not Voldemort difficult. You know what I mean? It, it's not going to take some grand wizard to get past a dog. Mm-mm. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yes, yes, it does. So, Alyssa, what was your uh, favorite quote from chapter 9? Um, okay, I'm gonna pick two. Is that okay? Oh, okay. Um, uh, be, so, um, when they're getting ready to go to the midnight duel, mm-hmm. and, and Harry's like nervous about breaking the rules and everything, and then he says, On the other hand, and it, it, well, this is this is the narrator, it's <laughs> not a quote. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Malfoy's sneering face kept looming, looming up out of the darkness, <laughs> and this was his big chance to beat Malfoy face to face. He couldn't miss it. And I just like. That's a very telling line of who of Harry's character, and it shows that that vengeful side of him that we haven't really seen. We have, and I think that's because he hasn't really had any power over any of his adversaries before, mm-hmm. and so anytime he's sort of tried, it's just been squelched right away. And now he has an opportunity to lord some power over someone and to stand up for himself, and he jumps at the chance. With kind of a gloaty attitude, like yeah. yeah, and it's it's very telling, and I think it's it's interesting and a little contrary to the the uh, perfect picture that uh, some people will view Harry as. Yeah, and between this and how he treats Hermione, we kind of learn in this chapter that he's not necessarily a nice person. He's good, yes, 
He is good. He's he got a, he does care. He's very sweet mm-hmm. in some ways, but yeah, he's very flawed yeah, at the same yeah. time. He definitely is not, you know, you could see why maybe he won't be the most popular kid in school. At least now, I don't I don't know. There's a lot of conclusions to make, but he is still deeply flawed. He is still young. He's still not quite the perfect character that yeah, you, you summed it up pretty well. Yeah. What's your second? So the other one that I I just I can't help mentioning is um uh when hermione um follows them out the trap door or or out the portrait hole um and uh it's hermione wasn't going to give up that easily she followed ron through the portrait hole hissing at them like an angry goose yes and i was just like i had to google angry goose and like watch some youtube videos i was like this is this is actually like a foreign concept to me i haven't really experienced this before and it's like if you look it up, angry geese um, that do that hissing, they do that to protect their young. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, that's what, like, like, so in this case, she's kind of, like, hissing at them to protect her points. <laughs> I but was also like, also try to herd them in a yeah, direction. Yeah. 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 It's it very interesting. So, it's but a very apt comparison. I love the image that it paints. So that was my other, I, I, I couldn't pick. Thanks for listening to both. <laughs> of course. No, those are great. Uh, so my favorite quote... <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm laughing at my own quote already. It's on page 150. Okay. <laughs> For those reading the paperback edition. And, uh, and the hardcover. And hardcover? Oh. They're the hey. same. Yeah, hey, all right. I know, your, I know your pages sounded a little bit more expensive mm. when you flipped them. They, they were, but they were <laughs> worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's when... Uh, uh, Professor McGonagall is guiding Harry Potter to a secret hall, and she's like, I'm gonna, you, you're going to meet, uh, let's see. Oh, she says to Flitwick, she's like, can I borrow wood for a moment? And Harry Potter, and instead thinks, wood? Thought Harry, bewildered. Was wood a cane she was going to use on him? I just love that, because it's like, of course, like, in the crazy world of Harry Potter, where everything has, like, names, and your wand has, like, a specific personality and stuff like that, I love that his first thought is that she has a cane named wood and that's what she's gonna whip him with like it's just such a hilarious like point for him to jump to and for a way for him to think and it it just caught me completely off guard where it's just like no it's pretty clearly a person wood's not like a super uncommon last name it's like i feel like i didn't expect it to be anything magical at all but harry potter's like thinking so badly that he's gonna be expelled that he's gonna be beat that he's gonna get in trouble because he lived with dursleys for years so his first thought is thinking that Wood is the name of a cane she's going to beat him with. And I thought it was really telling, and I thought it was really funny, too. It it's, just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, it's such a... I, I feel like that's such a a, a... a strong, young reaction to, mm-hmm. to, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get punished. Everything that I do is worth, like, capital punishment. Yeah, like, yeah. oh my gosh. And, and yeah, I, I agree with you. I love that line, and it's... It, it it also and it made the reveal that much sweeter yes absolutely yeah. so on to chapter 10 chapter 10 <laughs> halloween. halloween um yes so in chapter 10 mm-hmm. uh we we get uh harry's introduction to the ins and outs of quidditch with oliver wood and uh then uh, Halloween comes, and on that day they learn a levitation spell from Professor Flitwick. And that evening, a cave troll is set loose in the castle, and Harry and Ron rescue Hermione from the cave trolls in the girls' bathroom. So, Lisa, yes, 
Interesting phrasing with that summary there. I see a, a cave troll was set loose. Oh. Uh, huh. I guess we'll go back to that at the end of the chapter. Oh, I'm sorry. Nah, that's quite all right. I, uh, I just noticed that upon reading, actually, where I'm like, no, no, the cave troll was not set loose. The cave troll very much just got in school somehow. <sighs> this is what I get for... Um... <laughs> Waiting to do the summary until half an hour before we record. That's okay, because I still, uh, that still doesn't actually help me draw any conclusions. Though it will add to our kind of like, what do you think this means that's coming up a little later. I, yeah, I, w- I actually plan to ask you, yeah. um, and I could ask you just right now. <laughs> I could. So let's jump to the end of the chapter, and then we'll kind of backtrack. So, uh, how about that cave troll? Yeah, how about that cave troll? Um, I was going to ask you how, how you think the cave troll got in. Well, I think what the author wants us to believe is that it was Snape. I really do. Because she's specifically, um, <clears throat> she mentions here, when they were sneaking out, oh, sorry, so when Harry and Ron realize that Hermione's in the bathroom and she doesn't know about the troll because she's been crying this whole time, they are sneaking out and they're ducking around corridors and they hear someone patrolling the corridors or in the corridors and it says, peering around the griffin they saw not percy but snape he crossed the corridor and disappeared from view what's he doing harry whispered why isn't he down in the dungeons with the rest of the teachers search me said ron so i think that little line right there is saying like snape is the only one out of place he is the one that's not with everybody else despite the fact that this giant cave troll is going around yet for some reason snape is just kind of chilling out in the back corridor maybe he's looking for loose students maybe i mean that seems like a very sensible thing for him to do, for him to say, like, okay, well, I'm going to check this corridor, look for any blue students, then I'm going to shiak and weave towards the bathroom. So, yes, maybe Snape is just doing a basic patrol, but if that was the case, why would the author mention it? Why wouldn't he just say that, you know, Snape went by on a patrol? No, she specifically pointed out, Snape's in a weird place, we wouldn't expect him to be here, and she even put a line, line of dialogue. So I think there's a connection between Snape and the troll. What it is... Maybe it's just a Halloween prank. We just learned that the teachers have this lighthearted, fun side to them. We just learned that there's this whole other thing, and it is Halloween, they're in the spirit, so it's like, why not? Like, especially because they already perceive Snape as being such a bad guy, and I feel like the author is trying to set Snape up as the bad guy. So maybe it would make sense that the author is just trying to further convince us that he's so bad that he let a cave troll out, or maybe he's so fun that he let a cave troll out for a Halloween adventure. So... Yeah, that is um, that is the cave troll. But way before that, uh, we get a nice little introduction to Quidditch from Oliver Wood, uh, who, <laughs> not gonna lie, um, felt kind of like exposition bot. Oh, absolutely! His he wins this chapter's exposition bot like award. Yeah, <laughs> even Hagrid could totally do that right now. Although I think he he's a lot better than Hagrid. There's, there's, um, I think uh, there, there's a lot of, when, when you are learning a, a sport, mm-hmm. there's a lot of sort of parroting back and try, like making sense of it. Yeah, and it so much more this is a lot more natural than like flustered Hagrid, just like knowledge dumping. Yeah. Yeah. Just hitting like the, the main, the H1s of it. Yeah. And it's... it, it did feel very like, uh, there are a lot of things that, they don't need 
that that we don't need to know right now that harry doesn't need to know right now and so oliver's just like yeah yeah yeah, we'll get to that later and so that felt very natural to me but at the same time i sort of wish there were a way that we could learn the rules of quidditch not in this way (laughs) yeah but honestly maybe it's because you're the writer not me but like it she did well for what it was yeah and it felt pretty natural and it addressed some of the concerns where it's like we also got to learn more about the brothers where it's like okay so um we have the position where people just use the bats to bat away and they're like oh but don't worry those brothers just like they make it so natural so we get to be a little bit of like okay team dynamics these people have your back and it sets up too where it's like these brothers pretty much just always have your back and you kind of see like more the playfulness of Fred and George, where it's like, nope, it is a recurring theme that over and over and over, these brothers have Harry Potter's back. So I feel like it was a cool way to reinforce that while also getting a little bit less exposition where I got to have some imagery of these two redheaded brothers flying around batting and they're really good at it. So for what it is, I feel like she did a really good job of getting a lot of information out without it being too, I mean, it's exposition but what else, you know, how else can you do it? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I wish that there were a better way to do it. I don't really know what that is. And so, um, Joanne, you win. But, like, but yeah, it's, it's, the exposition is kind of hard to deal with also. So we, we get to see, uh, we get to hear all the complicated rules of Quidditch. And I, I sort of, I meant to look this up too. I need to, I, I finally got like an illustrated version of oh, cool. the Harry Potter, of the first book. And that turns out is in the UK version really so uh, it hasn't been translated and uh, translated from, from uk yeah oh um it's it's a real and and so i wondered if we got to the, the uh, and i didn't look it up i'm sorry so i'm just gonna like ask the what ask the question and that's when he says um when they say that they had he was handed to a, a bat that's like a short baseball bat i was like i bet it's like a cricket bat actually and when uh, he talks about, like, oh, it's like basketball, kind of, with the hoops and the quaffle going through mm-hmm. the hoops. And I wondered if, if, I mean, the UK does play basketball, but not so much. And so I sort of wondered if that was true or if, or if that was an Americanized version. Oh, so I was just sort of really paying attention to that and being like, okay, American sports, very different. Very different from yeah. UK sports. And part of the training regiment was him throwing golf balls. Like, it says regular golf balls, and he's throwing golf balls everywhere and he's catching it. And part of me thinks that, does Oliver Wood even understand? Like, I think in Oliver's mind, the only thing that ball is, is a training ball for Quidditch. Well, and I wonder, because I noticed that too, and I was like, well, definitely they have golf balls because Scotland is the home of golf. But I wonder if they weren't actually golf balls, and instead they were like, like, that was just the closest thing Harry could relate them to. My money's on. Yeah, that they were actually golf balls. They are, they are probably in Scotland, so that would make sense. I should know that when we meet the snitch, it is much like the bartender in the Leaky Cauldron. Um, it is the size of a walnut. <laughs> <laughs> the walnut is just a great thing to compare things to. Oh, the walnuts. Oh, by the way, we should mention that Harry got a new broom. Oh yeah, Harry got a new broom. Yeah, and it got brought by six screech owls, which is hilarious. Like right at the beginning, Ron and uh, of the chapter, I feel like we're just going backwards, but That's fine. it's fine. But <laughs> <laughs> Ron and Harry are already like just hungry for adventure. They're ready to get back out there. And then six screech owls, like these giant owls, drop um, like a, a box on Harry's lap and it knocks his bacon to the floor. 
which I feel like we've lost a lot, like lost a lot of food to the floor just from those owls. This whole system is really messed up. Like, <laughs> six owls? Are you kidding me? Sound like one, one cat, one one some like there's a better way to do this. A person. Honestly. It's no, you you want to go airmail though. It's like... <laughs> six owls. Can you imagine how expensive that would be? Oh, but I mean, in tandem, they all have to. You put the weaker one with the handle, and then the stronger one gets the. Ah, uh, they're 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 a team delivery special. They're fine, but then like the seventh one that drops the letter, and I love how like <laughs> it starts off like, "Do not open this package Don't at the do. table." Like, can't you arrange for a special delivery like to Gryffindor Tower at a later time right? or something? Because some kids can't can't restrain themselves and just sort of like dove in and yeah harry isn't really used to getting mail so to be precautious about yeah but man yeah it's just funny that do not open this at the table (laughs) all caps from professor mcgonagall so let's see so he gets his new broom he tries it out with oliver wood uh oliver is impressed and they're ready to start practicing uh and then, um, so before before he heads off to practice with Oliver, though, Harry or Hermione comes up to them, and and like Harry's getting ready to go out and everything, and she's just like accosts him for like I suppose you think that this is a reward now for breaking the rules, and so this is what I really wanted to talk about a little bit earlier, which was um, she is totally right, she is totally totally right that that he's just like he's standing taller because he broke rules and. Professor McGonagall rewarded him and he already wants some more adventure and like yeah. his his appetite is is now yes absolutely wedded for breaking the rules and so there any problems they have with Harry from now on of breaking the rules you can blame Professor McGonagall because she's the one who taught him that it's okay which is so not what anyone would expect no right no not a single person and like Professor Flitwick who uh when Malfoy's like what like what gives? What gives? Why does Harry have a broom? And Flitwick's is just like, oh yes, Professor McGonagall filled me in on the special circumstances. And it's just like, That's nice stuff, man. like There's special circumstances. Those words should not be used in a like public or private school, but like in relation to how one kid is treated over the other one, just because he's got, he's talented at something. Like... I can just imagine the fights going on in the break room. Oh, that's just, that's messy. And as soon as Snape finds out, oh, as soon as Snape finds out that not only is a first year going to be a seeker, but he also didn't get in trouble, like, no points were deducted for this, and he got a Nimbus 2000, oh, Snape's going to be furious. Mm-hmm. Snape's going to be furious. He's, he's probably going to, like, not, I don't think Snape would necessarily sabotage it, but, like, he's going to be mad. Mm-hmm. He's going to be real upset. And we'll see what he does to one-up it. Because it's like, okay, like, we're just giving away Nimbuses, huh? Like, <laughs> all right, Draco, like, let's see what we can get you. So it's yeah. like, Draco's got to have a Nimbus by the end of it. Like, before whatever, if there's some kind of, like, final cup, whatever, Draco's going to have a Nimbus. Like, this will be settled behind closed doors, and Draco will get the upper hand. But yeah, while Harry Potter has the upper hand, he is very quick to start smack-talking. Yeah, and he's ooh, it's 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 not the prettiest uh, shade of character for Harry in this. So, um, so he goes through all the Oliver training, uh, Oliver Wood training, and then after that, uh, we we time jump two months to yeah. Halloween. That like he he was so busy with Quidditch practice and classes and all the things that um, 
that he barely even noticed that it, two months yeah, had passed. Yeah, and and Hogwarts nice. already felt more like home than the Dursleys ever had, which was really nice because, you know, man, I wish Hogwarts were my home. Like, yeah, I right. totally understand. Like, it's this Aww. crazy fun castle. Yeah, right. And, and, and he feels appreciated. And so all is well and good. And he's in charms class and they're learning how to levitate things and... Hermione is being a bossy little know-it-all and but she does it. She does it. She's, she's I mean, doing. she does know it all. So yeah, like yeah. at what point is it okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, and Harry and Ron aren't doing too well. Like Harry, of course, is like naturally like, oh yeah, you can get a little bit, you know, and Ron's just apparently not saying it in like a Boston. And like comically waving his arms, <laughs> like clearly not following directions. Which again makes me think that his brothers must have said at some point, like, no, 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 you just have to wave your arms more, man. Like, oh, <laughs> poor kid. Has uh, such a higher mountain to climb because uh, those brothers right. are just screwing with him. <laughs> <laughs> so so they leave class and then they're they're walking to the, the Halloween feast and they're very excited and the house or the, the all of the castle smells like pumpkin and mm-hmm. which is like you know, basic white girls dream is the pumpkin smell on <laughs> Right, <laughs> and and they're going, and they and they. Ron says like the rudest thing about Hermione, and sends her off to the bathroom crying because right. he says, "Doesn't she know she doesn't have any friends?" And just terrible, terrible. And they head to to the great hall, and they are enjoying the feast anyway, despite like just crushing one of their classmates and a girl who yeah. clearly just wants to be their friends like hopes of any friendship and like harry kind of feels bad about it and they kind of say it but like not bad enough yeah not bad enough to go try to fix it yeah. and like maybe later they would have tried to fix it but yeah and then they do when uh professor quarrel runs in and like the most polite English way you could possibly say there's a troll in the dungeon. Right. I thought you'd want you ought to know. Like thought you'd want to know. Thought you ought to know. I don't remember. But either way, like like you know, just just you know, thought that was important to share with the room. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, he does it so dramatically too, where he's like runs in and like the turbans all askew and yeah, right? just totally bonkers and yeah. tells. And part of the ridiculousness of how he ran in and how he, um, like, fainted and stuff like that, it made me think, like, if this is a teacher thing, if this is a Halloween hazing thing, which I think it directly covers whether or not that's the case. It mentions whether or not it's, a, it's some kind of prank. Um, but <laughs> I'd like to think that if the teachers planned it, they didn't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... All the teachers knew, but they're like, "All right, let's not tell the world. Let's let's tell him like, hey, can you can you make sure everyone knows the feast is ready? Like, can you just go out to that hall and check? And then that's where the troll is. It's like, yes. Like, hey man, like yeah, Snape's over there going like, dude, I I forgot something down in in my classroom, yeah, but I just I really got to deal with this. Like Malfoy's being a total pain. Yeah. I have to deal with that. Can you do me a solid? And yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 I got you. Ah, troll! And it was just like, oh, yeah, perfect. Ah, I love it. I love uh, it so much. I don't think that's what happened, of course. Yeah. But oh, but it would be hilarious. so good if it were. Yeah, right? Hilarious little side narrative. Um, so he comes in and, like, and so, just chaos erupts. And Dumbledore's, like, shooting off purple sparks to be like, yo, everyone, like, I need your attention. Yeah, and then yeah. sends all the professors to the dungeon to deal with the troll. And then prefects are taking all everybody to the common rooms, which 
Like, Percy is kind of a pretentious little douchebag about, like, first year is this way. <laughs> like, just yeah. ridiculous about it. But anyway, Harry and Ron realize, oh, Hermione's in the bathroom. She hasn't come out. We overheard this from, like, Parvati Patil. And mm. we got we, we've got to go make sure she gets somewhere. It's our fault she's there. <laughs> like, yeah, we need right. to deal with this. So they make good on it, and they go find her in the bathroom. Just in the nick of time. The troll is, like, over her, like, in the stall. Her mouth is, like, frozen into her, like the girl in the closet in the ring. Well, like, they bait the troll in there, or the troll goes in there. I don't remember the what it is. in there. Like... But, yeah, and, and so, like, first they lock the doors. So they lock her in the bathroom yeah. with the troll without realizing what they're doing. Which, by the way, who leaves a key in a lock? Just, like... Which, yeah. Just, just... Yeah. I was, I was like, this is really poor planning by, like, like Filch has overlooked something here. Um, so then they unlock it, and they run in, and I, I just love the way that they take this troll down. Because it's, like... There, it's this gigantic, gigantic, stinking mountain troll with a club, and 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 so like Harry throw thing throws things at it, and Ron throws things at it, and they're yelling at it, and it's like not smart, and just kind of like really confused by all the people that are yelling at it. But I love that, um, like Harry takes like the Muggle approach of like tackling it and shoving his wand up the nose like kind of forgetting that the wand is like you can do stuff with that oh, no, uh, wand up the nose on purpose it was just accidental yeah, yeah. either way like why are you tackling a troll that is 12 feet tall yeah, like you really think what happened you are an 11 year old kid with a magic wand use the wand <laughs> and <laughs> and and Hermione is like paralyzed on the floor, which like, uh, like I'm a little bummed that we haven't seen any of her like lion-hearted Gryffindorness yet. She's just so paralyzed, still early. Still early. Still still early. She's still young. <laughs> um, and then Ron, you know, in a show of excellent, uh, act like something that Hermione actually taught him, mm-hmm. actually does a spell right. And he did what Hermione sh- would have done had she not been frozen. Yeah, and yeah. and he probably couldn't have done it if he hadn't been Hermione's partner yeah. earlier that day. Yeah, and so, but it's I, it, it's, it was just a wonderful like like of course Harry takes a Muggle approach because he's not it's not second nature to him yet that he has magic and of course it's Ron's first choice to try the magic because he's been waiting his whole life to try the magic. Yeah, yeah. And then Hermione is like, who knows, man? Like probably still in like Muggle. Like, and, and who can fault Hermione? Yeah. Like, Hermione not doing anything. Like, okay, first of all, she went from being in a no good, very bad place, crying in a bathroom, and then she had a troll. Like, what do you expect? Like, she's she gets a pass. She yeah. makes she more than makes up for it by the payoff anyway. Uh, but <laughs> Harry, like you said, he took the muggle approach, and I didn't really think about that. Uh, it's true though. But it reminds me of every like Daredevil episode, every Batman thing, where there's guys with automatic guns. Yet, for some reason, the second the guy comes in, they, like, drop their guns and try to punch him. And yeah. It's like, you have a gun. Mm-hmm. I don't care if the first, like, three bullets bounce off. Like, anyone who knows how to use a gun knows that you find cover and you shoot from behind cover and all that. But nope, they just drop the gun and try to punch him. It's, yeah. And, and it's... And it's... did that about something that's stupid where it's like, what are you doing, man? Like, and it says that, like, the, the troll probably didn't even feel him. It was the <laughs> wand that got him to notice him. But, like, no, the troll's big enough that, like, However much a middle schooler weighs, like, 70 pounds? I don't know. 
Not much. Not much. Not much. Yeah, but he didn't even notice that. It was the wand that got him. So it's like, man, if he hadn't gotten lucky and just had his wand in his hand, like, he, he would have, I don't know, I guess figured something out. But, yeah, so they take this troll down through a combination of the club being levitated above and then falling down on him because I don't think Ron meant to do that. No, I, uh, I think he was just... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what he was trying to love. I mean, probably the club or something. Like, it's the only thing that he knows how to do, but... Yeah, he just pointed it in the troll's general direction. He could have been trying to levitate the troll, for all we know. Yeah. He's trying to do something, and it worked. Thank goodness. Um, (laughs) Like, props for for being brave enough to try. Yeah. (laughs) Gryffindor. Um, Yeah, and then the teachers, of course, conveniently after the fact, come out of nowhere... And are so angry with them, and then Hermione lies, and she lies to protect them. She lies so well, and it says, it's so cute. I, I don't know why she lies about, so like, like I thought I could take it on. See, she's not very good at lying. She's not used to it. Like, why, why I mean, the, the, the best way to lie is to stay as close to the truth as possible. And, like, yeah, why, why like, not just be like, like, I was in the bathroom, and they knew I was in the bathroom. Like I, I was I was upset and I was in the bathroom and she didn't want to admit she was upset. Yeah, and I think part of it like I said, like like you said, yeah, like anyone knows that you stay close to the truth. You stay close to the truth. Yeah, anyone who lies consistently knows that. <laughs> like anyone eleven year old kids, not so much. Yeah, exactly. Like, anyone who's been caught in a lie is like, Oh man, I shouldn't have really sensationalized that but like no, her she's no, she's gonna say whatever she thinks will sell it you know and like yeah she really threw herself under the bus but she also knew that in some sense it was believable she did sprinkle in the truth where she's like i have been reading about them and like maybe she did think that again sleep spell that's all it would take maybe it's not a strong mental fortitude creature maybe she just thought she could do it it's some pretty quick on her feet lying though like I, I mean, maybe that's what she was doing while she was sitting there paralyzed. Like, how am I going to get out of there? Yeah, yeah, right. May, or maybe she was sitting there thinking, like, what can I do? Like, I need to, like, move. And, but she was so, like, paralyzed by fear. Like, yeah. if I only could remember that sleep spell and I don't remember it. or yeah. I think part of why she lied for them is because she was just super embarrassed. And it says they were all embarrassed, really. Mm-hmm. Because The, like, awkward, like, thanks all around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they shuffle in their different directions uh, and uh, so they defeat the troll and the chapter ends with this line this, this lovely rolling line that I'm sure she patted herself on the back for it says but from that moment on Hermione Granger became their friend there's some things you can't share with ending up liking each other and knocking out a 12 foot mountain troll is one of them and you hate that line. I hate that line. Why do you hate it? I know. I see here that you like wrote it down that you want to talk about it, and I'm like, I, I hope she hates it because that's all I want to talk about. Um, so it's a sweet line, and it's a cute like, it's the perfect little bow on a package that is this short and sweet chapter where it's like pretty much all they do in this chapter is is just cover a few basic things, and this is a nice little bow on it. But my problem with it, well, it's two part. One is that it it clearly makes this chapter episodic where it's like and then they lived happily ever ever yeah that's fair that's what it is so it's like it's just i feel like this whole incident with the cave troll i feel like this is rolling um we're getting a glimpse into her sketchbook 
of what later became this art piece, where it's like, nope, this is something that she doodled out. She kind of had this scene in her mind, how it will play out, how it will kind of wrap up. And, and what then, its function is. Yeah, and then what its function is in the story, because she knew she needed to do something to get them together. So I feel like she probably did iteration after iteration after iteration, and this is what she kind of landed on. But I still like I can kind of still see the pencil lines in the sketch. See, yeah, uh, uh, I think you read it with a more saccharine tone than I did, because... When, when I read it, I was like, yeah, for real. Like, when you risk your life and, and oh. someone else is there, like, you can't get out of that without making friends. Yeah. Uh, with, without, and, and I think that she did need a connecting line from that. Like, if the very next chapter opens up with, like, and their friends, however uncomfortable it is, yeah. like, yeah. however rocky a start it might be, like, you need a transitionary line to explain, like, that affected them. Like, that, that brought them together. And so when I when I read it, I was like, yeah, for sure. Like, like I almost got. Um, well, if you, if you think about like um, the new Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. spoiler, um, how uh, how Poe and Finn like mm-hmm. escape the de- the Death Star two or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the very next time they see each other, they like run and hug and embrace and everything. And that was such a frustrating scene for me but then my friend pointed out like they they, like they went through something that like you can't not be best friends after that like even if you don't know anything about each other like that's huge and this is their equivalent of that this is the 11 year old harry potter in a castle cave troll equivalent yeah i guess and so the line it accomplishes what it's supposed to do and it's not it's not a bad line that's the thing like it does what it needs to do it needs to exist but it's just a little bit a little too cutesy a little too cutesy a little bit like oh this is the first book you've written like it's just a little bit where it just felt a little bit amateur even though it did everything it was supposed to and, and i think i'm being a little bit too harsh here probably yeah and, i yeah. i think the 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 tone you took in your head with it um which you know you're fair to take that tone yeah. and maybe that's the one she intended but i very much like read it as like a like almost like a shrug oh okay yeah like that there's some things you just can't go through though i did like one thing i did like and i feel like it accomplishes a little bit better it kind of does what the sentence wants to do but it does it just a little bit more subtly is when it um everyone's kind of packing into the common room after all this happened they're going back to the common room uh and it says everyone was eating the food that had been sent up hermione however stood alone by the door waiting for them there's a very embarrassed pause so it's like this imagery of Hermione just kind of like waiting by the door for those two to come in. And then when they do come in, they don't greet her with like, ah, here she is following us around like a goose again. Here's this again. It's like, nope. They were greeted with this moment where it's like, oh, like they were happy to see her. They were glad that she waited. She like, it's like in my mind that accomplished it very, very well. So it's like, I like everything in this chapter, everything that she does to establish what's going to happen. It's just kind of the last sentence that killed me. But I do like the imagery of her just kind of like standing by the torch, like wringing her hands, waiting for them to come through. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, I guess I, I think it maybe would have been better if we just cut out the from that moment on Hermione Granger became their friend. Yeah. Like even that that last line, line I think, would work without that yeah, sort of totally. preamble It's more to just it. like saying it's like, okay, like we get it. Like, like they're friends now. Great. But when you say it like that, it's just yeah. interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. So, what were uh, some of your favorite moments, favorite quotes from this chapter? Okay. One of my favorite lines in here. Um, yeah, okay. 
We're, we're gonna go back to Malfoy. Apparently, I like quotes. I like quotes <laughs> about Malfoy. I feel like this... you like this character. Something they must really build him out in the later. He's books. because given what I know about this guy, he's just a little. Twirl. He's a fascinating character to me because, um, and and like out in in the fandom, he is much more beloved than J.K. Rowling understands. She's oh, really? she's like I don't get it. He's a terrible human being. She's like, like I wrote no redeemable qualities into this character. But but he's yeah it, he's sort of the bad boy that the that the fan girls love to love. Um, but I but I love this witty line. Okay, so so that they're Harry and Ron are gloating over like yeah we have an Miss Two Thousand and Flitwick was just on our side and mm. like like. It's not just any old broomstick. It's a Nimbus 2000. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then, um, and and they, like, tell him, I hear you have, like, a comment 260, whatever. <laughs> and then Malfoy has the best comeback, and I love it. It's like, what do you know about it, Weasley? You couldn't afford half the handle. I suppose you and your brothers have to save up twig by twig. Dude, that's a good And thing. I was just like, oh, boom. <laughs> <laughs> like... Like, yeah, I don't know, like, it's, I mean, it's not very nice at all, but I loved it. It was such a good comeback. <laughs> That's true. That is, like, such a sweet dig. And, yeah. And, like, one, because he's right. <laughs> yep. And two, because it's, like, what what's wrong going to say to that? When, like, someone else is, like, like imagine, like, two techie people sort mm-hmm. of, like, going neck, neck and neck over, like, ooh, my gear is better than yours or whatever. Like, you're not going to piece apart, like, whatever you probably have to save up like for the mouse first then yeah, the, right? the, like for each key on your keyboard or something <laughs> like you don't yeah. think of it that way but he went there and it was just so clever and i loved it so <laughs> good, burn. good burn good burn <laughs> so uh mine i guess mine's hmm this is my favorite not necessarily because of the line itself but because of the implications so it's on 173 and it's um when uh, Dumbledore summons the prefects to take people back. Mm-hmm. You kind of talked around this, but it says, Percy was in his element. Yes. <laughs> follow me. Stick together, first years. No need to fear the troll if you follow my orders. Stay close behind me now. Make way. First years coming through. Excuse me, I'm a prefect. <laughs> that is, yes, that is, I loved that scene, that like image of uh, Percy. I, I'm totally with you there. I loved it. He's you think of the the older brothers and you're just like, oh man, they're so cool. This one's off with the dragons. These two are really good at sneaking around, getting into trouble. And it's like, ah, Percy's a dweeb though. Like, yeah, sure, everyone's proud, he's a prefect, but like, he's a total dweeb. <laughs> and Ron is very much following in his footsteps, not even knowing it. Yeah. But yeah, it's just this great glimpse as to Percy where he's like, Yes, I am ready for this. <laughs> I have trained every night for this moment. <laughs> Oh man, it's a, I feel like somebody like it's like on the rare case that an airline does need to deploy the oxygen masks and stuff. The stewardesses are just like, yes, <laughs> we get to do it. Finally, a payoff. <laughs> so yeah, I just love that little glimpse into her, who Percy is because we don't really get to know much about this guy, but it's just so funny. Uh, so that's definitely my favorite. Do we need to talk any more about like the troll and how it got there, or did we kind of cover that before? Um, I think we kind of covered it. You, you do, do you have a real guess? Because you don't, I mean, you don't no, think the, the I, teachers let it in. No, I mean, I think the natural conclusion is for some reason Snape let it in. I, I think that's what we are led to believe and we are wanted to believe. Um, so I guess that's what happened. Do you believe it? Um, 
I, I can't understand what his motive would be. I really can't understand Snape's motive. The only way I would believe that Snape did it, if then we later find out, oh, and the scroll went missing. Where it's like, okay, wait, what if this was a distraction? So, like, if it was a distraction and something happened when the troll was gone and we find out about it later, yes, I will buy that Snape did it. But unless that happens, I don't buy it. Hey, it's as much as you're comfortable uh, predicting, so. Yeah, and like I said, I, I think the author wants us to think one way, but we'll see. We'll see. So, <laughs> that's uh, that's the end of chapter... Ten. We're halfway there, man. We're halfway there. What? The next chapter is about Quidditch, and then there's going to be, uh, what is it? Mirror of Frizzed? Fred? Fred? When I, when I was a kid, I read it Arised, and then in the movies they say Arised. Anyway, we will be talking about that and more in the next episode of Wordstrap. Uh, <laughs> if you've been enjoying this so far, please definitely find us on iTunes and rate us. That's the best way to get us in front of more ears, in front of more uh, readers, so we can talk more about this and have an awesome community. Uh, we're also on Twitter. Uh, our, ta- our tag is whatever, at WordstruckPod. <laughs> whatever it's called, our handle. Handle. Twitter handle. Um, we are a secret weapon production. You can find them on Twitter as well, um, at WeaponizeMe. There you can find some more information about our other shows. Uh, good people, good stuff. Uh, <laughs> But uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Clark Hodges, and I have been Clark Hodges. <laughs> and I am at Alyssa Small, and uh, that's it for this episode. So thanks so much for tuning in, guys. <laughs> Talk to you later, Clark. Nailed it. Bye. <laughs>